<laughs> the type of music is your face. In my heart. Yeah, okay. Yep. I love that song. It's a great song. All right. <clears throat> Just listen to that on the way in, actually. You're the tear in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talking Stupid with Stupid Flanders. Hey. I am uh, William Acker, a.k.a. Bill Lazerman. Uh, to the left of me, I do have Jeremy. To the right of me, I have Zach. And then to the left of Jeremy, I have EJ. What up? We are four of the eight members of Stupid Flanders, and this is our inaugural podcast. Whee! Yay! Clap, clap, clap. Yay! Yay! Yeah. We're egotists. You let me be um, <laughs> I like to hear myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> you let me be myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of like TV references in this. Yeah, it's, of which it's just most the way I don't talk. know of. I don't even know where half of them are from. I'm just saying them. I just <laughs> Zach's have. worldly in a sense that he doesn't understand what world he's in is I'm, the only I, problem. I, I, I might be Rain Man, possibly. <laughs> How do you? Yeah, arms? I like to count. Uh, I like to count. Because for 40, 44, 44, tooth, uh, 44 toothpicks. Huh? So no, 44. Moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> trying. I'm really trying here. Will's losing promise. it. Will's losing <laughs> it already. Okay. So uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about ourselves and the band before we, we got into the, the full podcast of things. Um, Stupid Flanders has actually been around for about 10 years now. We're actually going to have our 10-year show at the, uh, at the end of, beginning of September or so. We don't really have anything planned for it, but it'll be great when it, is, when it some, happens. There's some things in the works. Like We have a few ideas floating around, but we've got to focus in the now. Yeah, Here exactly. Now. Exactly. Um, we've, we've written, we've actually had a full album come out in the last year or so. Uh, it was called the Flanders Dozen. It was eleven songs because we're a, a full a full dozen like for that. us <laughs> is only eleven. Uh, we had some we've, we've done some amazing covers, things like Flagpole Sitta. We've done Threshold from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. We My did favorite. a we did a great cover that Jeremy loves that we don't play anymore, which is Pretty Fly for a White Guy by Offspring. No, that's a negative. <laughs> did uh, negative. Twist and Shout by the Isley Brothers. Isn't that the Beatles? No, that's the Isley Brothers. The Beatles covered that. Oh, wonderful. Ooh, white guy. The, the, the more you know. Did, the did, more you know. Did anyone actually know that besides Zach? No. Okay, perfect. Just making sure. Um, I, I kind of wanted to go around the room and kind of talk about you guys and, like, wh- where you're from, what you do, your whole, like, what brought you to the band, things that maybe the fans don't necessarily know about you. Um, let's start with you, Jeremy. Like, what are some things that we don't know about you? Um, well, I don't know. Like, if you know me, you probably already fucking know me. <laughs> Wait, who are you again? (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, well, let me just start about how I came to be in the band. So, um, the original drummer for Stupid Flanders was Matt Cruz. Still an awesome friend, my best friend. And, um, yeah, when he started with the band, like, I I would go with him to, uh, to practices and stuff. Like, back when they were still practicing out in fucking, I don't even know what fucking place it was. I think it was Costa Mesa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember it being right near a fucking guitar center or something. But anyway, <laughs> so I started off just, you know, going out, checking out the his practices and stuff. And then I got to know Veg and, like, everybody else in the band. And then um, at the time I was going to school for uh, photography. And then I had mentioned, like, hey, you know, I'm your guy's friend. Let me take your pictures for you. And so, like, the first few years of Stupid Flanders, I was just their photographer. I mean, I'd do some decent shots, I think. But I've seen your work. Shots and then shots. <laughs> that 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 shots. that's right. Yeah, that's definitely what makes it better. Yeah, no, definitely. Because <laughs> I mean, when I look back at those pictures, like I just started thinking, oh, I remember this. That was when I got drunk and stole a mask from backstage or something. <laughs> so what you're saying is most sh- photo shoots with you start with I was trashed and no. then. 
Well, no, no, he is trash, and then no, 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 no. damn, getting trash was on a on a trial basis. Like, is is this show okay? I'm like, eh, it's all right. I think I'll have a couple beers. But if it's like, wow, this is um, hey, where's those shots at? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, yeah, after that, like you know, um, they were uh, Stupid Finders was doing thing where wh- whoever wrote the song would sing the song, and they were getting a lot of uh. Um, feedback from people saying that like when you're not looking at the band you're just listening it kind of sounds like a different band every time just because there's different people you know singing every song and so they came to the conclusion we need to you know have one singer and none of them wanted to do it so then matt matt cruz asked uh you know he told me like oh yeah you know we're looking for one singer so i was like you know what fuck it let me try and he was like yeah okay so I went in, did a couple songs with them. They're like, yeah, all right, that's cool. <laughs> so that was my inauspicious start at Stupid Flanders. <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Zach, how did, you, uh, how did you join the band? Talk about that a little bit. Um, I joined the band when I turned 19. Um, Joey and I have been uh, – Joey, the other guitarist, who's not here, obviously, at the moment. But uh, he and I have been friends for a very long time. Um, and I kind of just picked up guitar like the year before. Uh, he kind of inspired me to start doing that and then I don't know I was starting to write some stuff just fiddling around things and then I recorded it on a tape recorder and I showed it to him Um, and he had obviously just started with the band and I kind of already known well the people that were currently in the in the band at the time uh, because I showed up at the shows I was helping out with you know uh, selling tickets and stuff like that anyway I can't I just loved you guys I loved us at the time before I was in the band uh, <laughs> we loved it too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so he uh, heard the recording. He kind of liked what it was. Obviously, it was super raw, but um, then he brought it to Veg, and then uh, they uh, talked to me. Uh, they kind of interviewed me about uh, taking a rhythm guitar uh, position with the band, and I was like, obviously, I was like super already into the band, so I was like, all right, that was just super was excited. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I did that immediately before the interview, right. and then also just after to go the interview. In, yeah. <laughs> And maybe even during the interview, too, as well. It was, it was a little weird. That does get your brownie points in this pool. band. <laughs> it, it, it was a little weird for a couple minutes. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so then I tried out, and, um, you know, and then seven, what is it, eight, seven or eight years later? I mean, it's been pretty Wow, solid. you've been with the band eight years? Seven or eight years now, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. What, I'm Jesus. about to be turned 26, yeah, so seven that's, or eight years now. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. I've been with the band almost four years now. Right? And it feels like it's kind of flown by, you know? Like, I, right, I felt like right. just... Last week, I got my tr- my first trombone in years, you know, and I just picked it up. Well, I and remember that whole conversation. No, no. We're like, I haven't held a trombone in years. And we're like, well, fucking just find one on eBay for like 50 bucks. Well, that's is the there thing. even such thing as a $50 trombone? There is. T-bone. And they're terrible. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it, that's the thing. it was last week that he just picked up the trombone for the first time. So <laughs> I don't know what you've been doing for the last five years. Zach, I like to think that every time I pick up the trombone, it's the first time I pick up the trombone. <laughs> Make it the first time. So every since we're talking about 60%. trombone stories, why don't we talk about Will's origins into the band? How, do you, how did you oh, get yeah. into it? Uh, Your origin story. My <laughs> origin story. So uh, I rolled around in radioactive waste as a youth. And, uh, well, that makes a lot of sense. They do nothing. Veg and I actually work together. Veg is our bassist, and we, we're probably going to throw out a bunch of names that you don't know. And if you don't know them, you should learn them because they're kind of cool people. You'll eventually meet them. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. Uh, we, we like, we're, we're thinking about maybe doing this as a rotating podcast, so eventually maybe you'll see these other unknown faces and they'll come in and they'll talk about their unique stories. Uh, Veg and I, uh, Veg actually trained me when I was a server um, at my previous job. 
and he uh, he was telling he was he was kind of talking about the band and there was a show coming up or something and he he was asking like he needed another horn player they had two they had a uh, saxophone and a trumpet player at the time but they kind of wanted something else to fill out the sound and I had just offhandly mentioned that I played trombone in high school but I hadn't played in years and Veg gave me this look, and I've never seen this look on anyone before. But it was, was a determination. It the sexy look like ooh, yeah, yeah. Because you that don't butt jelly roll. You don't you don't meet a lot of trombone players uh, in the world, unfortunately. They just don't they don't exist. They normally lie and tell them say they're trumpet players, and they just you know, and they play trombone in the background. That's kind of how that works. And so self hating trombone player. <laughs> it's uh, they're a dime a dozen. So uh, so Veg like was like, dude, I need a trombone player. Like, will you play with me? Will you play in our band? <laughs> <laughs> and, o- and obviously, and obviously, Veg meant one thing, but Will thought right. the other. So I was, I was very naive at the time. I thought he wanted a trombone player. Uh, so for about six or seven months, Veg kept hounding me relentlessly, asking me to like, hey, like you should play trombone. Like we need a trombone player. Like you should come and play. And I was like, I, I just don't have time. I was really busy. I was doing other things at the time. I just wasn't really. Wasn't really ready to join the band. And then one night he was like, dude, just come to a show and let us let me show you the music that we have. And then if you like it, you can join in. So I, I actually went to one of your Doll Hut shows uh, back when we were still playing the Doll Hut. You guys were still playing the Doll Hut fairly regularly. And oh, I was, was say, like, we still play the Doll Hut. Yeah, I guess that's, that's <laughs> true. We still play it quite regularly. Um, and I just I sat down and I listened to you guys. And that was the first time I'd ever actually like sat down and been like enthralled in a band. I was just like. Yes, wow. I There's really like this. Enthralled. You guys played. Enthralled. You guys played. Uh, the one of the songs that I will always remember was "Smells Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles," and that blew me <laughs> so away. So the one that blew you away was a cover song. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So our originals awesome, are Will. fantastic. Is what you're saying? They're, they're great. They are absolutely fantastic. But it's just. <laughs> it was just it, the, the transition on that was so seamless, and it was such a cool like. It was such a cool mashup that I had never seen before. I was like, yes, I want this, and that was the originality that I really liked. That was coming from the band, right? And and then from there, I was like, literally that night, I was like, Veg, I want to be, I want to be in the band. And I was like, but I don't have a trombone. And so and so Veg's like, don't worry. The next day, we worked together, and he bought one off of eBay. It came by Sunday. I was in the next practice by Monday. So it was, wow. and I hadn't touched a trombone in six years, and I think I'm finally at a place where I feel comfortable in uh, in my uh, musical ability. It's very exciting. I know. Okay. The uh, story was like the uh, it's like the story of the Rams draft this year. Like much. we're gonna give up everything. We just want you on our team. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did give up everything. Yeah. yeah. Before yeah. now. Tragic. Uh, EJ, you are actually the youngest member of the group right now, and the uh, newest too. He so was five years old when Flanders started. <laughs> we've <laughs> he's like, still five years old. Like a K-pop band, we've been recruiting him since he was twelve. Hey, wow. Is that a thing? It's totally a thing. K-pop bands like recruit their kids super young. It's it's so a, they just have like open casting calls for well, like a bunch of young kids. Well, like the like so not to get too much into the K-pop origins, but like oh. normally the bands are based on like six or seven people and there's like a rapper and a dancer and like the like the the lead singer. Right. And normally they'll like go and so like they're like forming this group, whatever group like one that I listened to is 21. And they were like, they were looking for like a rapper at the time, and they like found this like thirteen year old kid that like off YouTube or like he had an audition, and they basically trained him from thirteen to twenty, and then got him in the band. Wow. Yeah, it's like K-pop Actually, is like cool. super serious. They're like, like farming it, musicians. Absolutely, it's it's really cool, and I feel it like we should sense. have a whole podcast about that. It's uh, it's a it's a really interesting like yeah. genre. Only in Korea. Only in Korea. South or well, north? 
South Korea. <laughs> and so I was uh, in this band, still currently, I'm kind of sort of in a ska group called the Orange County Degenerates, who um, introduced me to the world of ska because before that, um, I would just play like jazz, classical, pop, funk, R&B, uh, some gospel music before. Before that, I wasn't, I wasn't really aware of the rock and ska scene quite yet until I joined this group. And then later we played a show in October 31st, 2012 um, called the Scalloween Show at the Piazzas where um, these guys were headlining the show. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Weren't we the Muppets yeah, that yeah. year? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and I believe that was, that was Nate, our old sax player's last show. Yeah, Nate yeah. Hall. That was his uh, last show with us. Uh, but before we played the, the Scalloween Show, uh, the drummer slash singer of OCD, Nathan, uh, what talked about stupid Flanders in passing when we would ha- like hang out and stuff, and I was like, "Who's stupid Flanders? Oh, it's this ska group that I eventually want to join someday in the future." Sorry, Nate. Um, but so like, okay, they sound chill. It's like okay, whatever. I didn't really think much of you guys. It was like, oh, it's just oh, a name that I knew. Perfect. And then when I saw you guys live perform live, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Sax players, and eh. but uh, other than that, the um, the group sounds tight. And the song that I remember uh, hearing you guys play was smells like TMNT. So that was also another one. That was your what, what, I is also, it, what is it with this song? Like, I it, think I think for the horn players, because it is such a horn-driven horn song, song yeah. as compared to a lot of our other songs, we really do like it's horns are kind of a background thing. Where you you we, it smells like Teenage Mutant Initials, and I'll totally play it somewhere in the podcast. Um, it's very it's very horn centric. Like the whole first half of it is all horns. So I think that's why you and me are so like we like that song so much was because like it really gave horns a chance to shine you know oh yeah most definitely like and i and as you mentioned earlier i love the transition between the two tunes I'm like oh this is really cool never thought these two tunes could come together but anyway so um at the time i was 19 so um and then a couple years later when i finally turned 21 so like a couple of days after my oh, birthday that's right because mm-hmm. we were all like we can't have another band member who's not 21 and can't play the shows with us when we go out to like 21 and over venues yeah i do remember that now <laughs> mm-hmm and uh, what is it? I think at the Scalloween show, Veg asked me how old I was, uh, and I told him I was 19. And, uh, he didn't get back to me till a couple of years later when I was finally told him. So, EJ, uh, we have an opening uh, in Stupid Flanders for our sax. You want to come out and see what we're all about? I was like, uh, whatever. I'm not doing anything. So sure. And then I come in with the group, play with a few tunes. Uh, the ones I liked during that particular like audition, uh, per se, was uh, Smells Like TMNT mm-hmm. and uh, Drunken Panther. Those were the two tunes. Like, oh, this is cool. I, I can kind of dig this. Um, and then after I auditioned, <laughs> cool. um, I left the country for a little bit on vacation. Uh, and then I didn't get my acceptance uh, until I came Your back. Acceptance letter. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, stupid you got an acceptance letter? letter? I didn't get one. Am I not? Oh, yeah, that's no, you, no, I, I got the one. Acceptance... Oh, You're wearing the acceptance letter. Like right they now. just choked me with the tie. Yeah. <laughs> we just stopped paying. Like, You're in now. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that was correlated to his acceptance. I think that was just a thing. They're gonna. They're gonna I think his band like office spaced me. They just put me in the basement and then yeah. just like they just you know kept having me work and then they just didn't have any part of the band. Yeah, yeah. And then my first uh, show with you guys was the House of Blues uh, in downtown Disney on June something, 2014. So you he has remember a young man's that. mind. I don't remember fucking dates at all. How do you Are remember you that? I'm only a couple years older than him, and I still don't remember most <laughs> of the dates. I think it's because you live a harder life than he does. Like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. exactly right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Shoot up some heroin. I can't. I can't kidding. start my day with heroin. a nice line of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Cocaine. It does the body good. <laughs> Fuck coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, now that we've kind of talked about everybody's origins and kind of where we all came from, um, we've all been this band for at least several years now, some more than others. Um, what is yeah. your what is your what's your favorite moment from from <laughs> performing or being in Stupid Flanders? So uh, I have two moments that I want to talk about. The first one was in the observatory where uh, we played in uh, the Constellation Room, and uh, we were playing. You know, we, we played the set. It was cool. Uh, the night was really cool, and then. Eventually, the Constellation got really packed. Like, it was, like, filled to the brim with all these people. And then we played our final tune, Drunken Panther, and the, enti- and the entire uh, room just went in this crazy mosh pit oh, yeah, going yeah. in the clockwise yeah. motion. I'm like, holy crap. That was pretty impressive, though. Like, the entire Constellation room was just one giant mosh pit. Um, to give some context to what the Constellation room is, the observatories split into two rooms. They have the big room. Which is normally for the the major bands, the the Twenty One Pilots, and the the bigger bands that come out. And then the Constellation Room is kind of a, a side stage they do. So if they want to have like in between bands, they'll put them there. And I believe this was a bigger show. I believe this was we were playing with um, the Slackers and Voodoo Glow Skulls. I think that was that show. Yeah. So, so just to put context to that to that statement, so people are like, "What's the Constellation Room? I don't understand." Right. Okay. Oh yeah. And then uh, the second moment is when we traveled down to San Diego to play at a bar. I forget what kind of bar it was. And uh, we and I was, you know, me. one with drinks. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, while we were driving down to San Diego, I was being a little bitch and complaining, guys, I'm really hungry. Let's eat something. So um, we went to uh, this Chinese place that was across the street. From uh, from the gig that we were sp- from the place we were supposed to play at, and so we were looking at this menu, this Chinese food, like oh, typical Chinese food, and all of a sudden they have French fries here. But uh, we we ordered French fries because the guy outside the restaurant recommended us to eat it to order some, and then it became a unanimous love in the band. The first time we all agreed on something for a change, and that rarely happens. That's really cool, man. That was the greatest moment. That, just keep it at that particular moment. <laughs> Food was the greatest moment. Food was the greatest moment of that particular trip. <laughs> My favorite part of Stephen Flanders is I went to a food place and ate there. It was great. Yeah, there I mean, was, was people cool from hang. my band there. And we also, ate. this is where the hilarious picture of Zach's Last Supper <sighs> <laughs> comes into play. And I, was I have forgotten about that picture. Right. Can we post that on Facebook? We can't post that on Facebook, can we? That's really inappropriate. <laughs> I've seen worse on Facebook. Let's put it that way. <laughs> can we, can, all right, so we're going to explain the story, and it's fantastic. So we were sitting around the room because it's it's because one of the best pictures. It. It's one of the best pictures that I think Flanders has ever gotten, and it's we've had professional pictures done. Yes, uh, we were we were sitting at the like uh, if you think of a traditional Chinese restaurant, a big round circle table, kind of in the middle of everything, and somebody wanted to take a picture with a panoramic, as the iPhones have that panoramic view, but something happened when when it cut. That it cut Zach just in the way where he looked like ill, like it cut. It, like he, he didn't. Gaunt he, and like yeah, disheveled. he didn't quite have the same like shape Cute. he normally did. He looked really thin and like unhealthy. Uh, Jeremy, what is what was your favorite moment with the band? Well, this one doesn't involve food. Sorry, PJ, but um, no, I remember. I don't know who was uh, in the band at the time. I don't know if you were there or if you were there, but um. It was when we played this uh, venue in San Bernardino called The Venue. 
Oh yeah, I remember and, uh, this yeah, one. We went this out was there. before you two. This was a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I do like this one. This was so a good like one. you know it was raining and it was like dark. We're in the middle of this industrial area in San Bernardino. Everything looks really sketchy. We pull up to the venue and there's like nothing but like just punk, straight up street punk kids. I know, right? And I was like, awesome. This is gonna be fun. And then we get inside. All the bands are like hardcore, and there's some like death metal bands, like. like and they were th- all the kids were digging it, and we we're looking like us as a band. We we're looking at each other like they are gonna fucking hate us. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get booed <laughs> off stage. Because <laughs> this was like hardcore punk. Yeah, this we, was we, like we were we were oh, ba- we were basically like, oh, let's just play and get out of here, dude. Let's just play and get out of here, man. We, played, well, we I, waited for like two hours to play, dude. That's, a, that's I remember thinking I'm fine with this. We're just gonna fucking <laughs> sit here play. There was. No, see, I do remember Zach was getting scared. <laughs> he was like, I don't know about this place, man. <laughs> okay, so we get to the venue. We're last on. And, like, all the kids, you know, they're having a good time listening to all these bands. And we're just sitting there like, this, they're going to fucking hate us because that's not what we sound like at all. So during, during the time, we were like, you know what? This place allows booze in here, so why don't we just... Hop in the fucking car, drive to a liquor store, and we're all going to get fucking liquor to drink while we wait to go on stage. Okay. So that's what we did. Went back to the venue. We just sat in a corner in our fucking, you know, black shirts, yellow ties. We are sitting in the corner keeping to ourselves, drinking. And then I kind of get the feeling that the kids were looking at us like, what the hell are these guys all about? They're all wearing the same thing. They're not talking to anybody. And they're, got, they're getting fucking shit-faced in the corner. <laughs> Like, these guys must be awesome. So it was our turn. We went up. I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Here it goes, nothing. We start in. Not even, not before we even started, we're setting up. All the kids that were spread out came in. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, this is either going to be really good or really bad. But once we started, it was just instantaneous mosh pit. Just kids fucking rolling everywhere, like hopping up on stage. And they fucking dug us so hard, and it was fucking fantastic. And, like, that kind of pure energy, like, I was like, this is why I like to play in this band. You know what I mean? It's for that raw, like, love for music. I still feel like, I feel like we still had kids come from that show coming back to us, like, recently. And been like, dude, you guys played in San Bernardino, like, four years ago, and you rocked the stage. And, like, was it we were at the Dollhead Theater, like, actually, a couple months I, ago? I do remember that, actually. Somebody had said something about the, us playing that venue. I was like, you were there? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was figuring, like, dude, that was so fucking long ago. I don't know who, who would remember that. But I mean, speaking of kids coming from that show, what, what was that? Oh, yeah. right. So, like I said, giant mosh pit. After our set was done, we are hauling our equipment out, and we see a pregnant punk girl with a towel over her face and just blood everywhere and apparently she hopped into the fucking mosh pit and got elbowed in the face oh that's hardcore that's fucking hardcore literally that's hardcore. now was now was she like like just a bump or was she like full eight nine months like she 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 was at least least six six. months yeah at least six months months. yeah i was like that's uh that's devotion to music man Uh, yeah i mean also highly dangerous but i also am kind of proud that we got a fucking pregnant chick to be like you know what i'm hopping in (laughs) yeah Yeah, i don't think a lot of bands can say they have had pregnant chicks uh 
mosh to their music. Yeah. So, uh, it's, so it's it, a plus you know what, on our part. You know, it's funny. I mean, a side note for, you know, those shows that we always expect, like, we're like, oh, man, we're playing the show and it's like, uh, yeah. I'm kind of worried about the show being good or whatever. You know, what's funny is that those shows always, with the exception of House of Blues and stuff like that, those shows always end up being the best shows. Yeah. People totally get Absolutely. it in almost like, literally every time. Yeah. I, mean, I can't think of one or I can't even think of one show that it was never like this huge like thing that right. people turned it into. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, it's just really, I'm, w- I'm wondering if it's like humbling. that whole effect where like when there's a big movie coming out and you really want to see it, but you go, you know what? Fuck it. This is going to be a terrible movie. And then you go in and you're yeah. like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so, uh, Zach, what was your, what's your favorite moment with the band so far? I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I, I mean, because I've been in the band for so long, there's just there's a lot of moments that I've been very very proud of uh, to share with you guys. I mean, they kind of, it's not like one stands out because there's so many of them that I just I, I don't have one I can choose to to be honest. I mean, if if, we, if you're putting a gun to my head, if you're making me choose, I I mean honestly, every House of Blues show I that pick I, one now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, uh, uh, every House of Blues show that we've ever played is just been fantastic even when we totally bomb it i mean even we like even if we feel like we totally bombed it it always ends up being a great show yeah, like yeah. i mean just being on that stage it's just and the experience of being yeah, on that side you know, of the and it's, stage it's, it's, and yeah it's, it's not just about it's not just about like the fans and stuff like that going crazy and selling out those shows which is amazing don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not saying that's not amazing it's the fact that like there's so many of our favorite bands that we've like we've grown yeah. up listening to yeah. and have influenced our music that have like that have played on that same stage. I mean, it's just, it's right. amazing. I mean, you know, and then the fact that, you know, uh, you know, not to, to, <laughs> to boost, uh, boost us or anything like that, but you know, the fact that we're closing down that same venue, the yeah. last band on there, I mean, May 29th, May 29th. I mean, that's just, it's, it's a little bittersweet. It's a little bit. 1985. <laughs> it's a little we bittersweet. Back in time. <laughs> it's a, it's a little bittersweet, but at the same time, it's a, it's such a, a high honor to be able to play on that same stage yeah. with my favorite bands, and I, I'd say if I had to choose my favorite moment, it's not favorite moment; it's favorite moments. And every right. time we play that venue, I'm just I'm very pleased. Oh, I mean, I think th- outside of the box. I, I like mean, it. yeah, right. I mean, uh, other than other than that, uh, I'd say, you know, recording that album and re- recording new music with you guys has probably been another set of favorite moments. Yeah, too. just anything anything new. I mean, that's just. And we got we got super lucky. We got we had an amazing producer for ourselves, uh, David Irish, who actually has done most of Real Big Fish, uh, Real Big Fish's work. Yeah, he he works at a place called Pot of Gold Studios down in Orange, California, and he he took our music, and I love our music, and I've heard them a million times, and he made it sound fantastic. I think he did an amazing job, and really shout out to David Irish because uh, no, yeah, I think he did a he did a great job with our with our music like, and what we did. Yeah, when we were recording it, and he would do the playbacks, like the instant playbacks, like. It was almost like this is a whole new band. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know Wait, what I mean? This is this. It sounds like we could be on a radio or something like that. Uh, you know? <laughs> 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 you ham radio? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my god, this band is so great. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of recording with Irish, I remember uh, when we were actually recording in there. Um, uh, I was borrowing somebody else's saxophone at the time because my saxophone was getting fixed up, so I was using somebody else's. But in the middle of recording, it uh, one of the. Uh, Parts uh, broke down, so I ran across the bar next to the recording studio to attempt to do like a quick fix. And uh, while I was in there, um, the did you get shit faced? No, is that what happened? Um, is this where the story is going? Like I'm you're like, <laughs> I went to the bar to go get something, and then six hours later, I walked out with a three hundred dollar bill, a three hundred dollar tab. <laughs> I earned money in there. <laughs> I don't know how. 
No, um, <laughs> uh, better or worse, uh, people in there, when I was in there, they thought, oh, it was Real Big Fish back in town? Welcome back, guys. I'm like, I'm not the sax player for Real Big Fish. I'm like, thanks. And then I eventually. you been like, yeah, where's my free drink? Yeah, uh, I know, right? Damn. But <laughs> then I ended up getting a hair tie fish. from the bartender woman and then went on with the recording session after. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I, I will say, just because I'm gonna, I want to talk about my favorite moment, um, it actually happened Selfish. at a House of Blues show. I know. How dare I? How dare I? Um, one, of my, one of my favorite moments, and this was probably first six months to a year we've been playing. I'd been playing with Flanders. And um, first House of Blues show, I was super stoked. I was so excited. Like, this was the first big venue I'd ever actually gotten to play in, and I was just... I was out of this world excited. And so, like, I didn't quite know everybody in the scene just yet. Not not the familiar faces that now we see at every show and all right. those cool people that come to every show. And, like, shout out to those people because you guys are awesome. Like, the people that, like, come out every show and, like, rock out to every one of our songs, I am very supportive of. So. Yeah. Um, uh, but my, my first moment, there's, there's a point to the story. Uh, <laughs> was my, there? I thought that was the point. No, that wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> the point to that. You. Uh, the random shout outs to people. Let's give you shout outs all night. Um, my favorite moment was we were playing My Way, which is one of our one of our songs, probably one of our bigger songs, I would say. Signature. Uh, we were and we were I was just watching the crowd and I literally for the first time ever, I saw people singing our lyrics. And for me, that was such a big moment. I was like, "Yeah, that's like one of those milestone moments." And when you're in a band, like, "Holy fuck, a stranger fucking knows my words." <laughs> you, know, you know my song. Yeah, and then for for me, it, like, it almost kind of made me well up a little bit in the middle of that song because I was like, "Just start break down crying." I'm to break crying, bawling into a corner. Um, um, it was just it was just such a big moment for me because I was like, "We're actually making music that people like." And we're we're doing something that people enjoy and they want to hear. And now, like we've played the House of Blues, like how many times? I can't even count. I, I've, it's definitely been more than a dozen. I'm yeah. telling you for sure. At least at, the, at least what I've played over the last seven years or so, it's definitely been over mm-hmm. a dozen. Oh yeah, easily, easily. I, I actually can't think of another band that has played more than we have. I really can't, to be quite what, honest. The House of Blues. Yeah, the House of Blues. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there are. I'm sure yeah, there are, but I can't think of it. That's just what I'm saying. But in I'm our like, limited world. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm awesome. <laughs> That's like saying, my mom says I'm handsome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, isn't it? Uh, oh, love you, you love you, mom. Um, so that was for me. That was just that was definitely my favorite moment. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to take this moment right now since we have been talking about the House of Blues. Uh, May 29th, I know we kind of mentioned it is the last House of Blues show. There. They're literally closing out the stage after that night. And we have the privilege of actually being the last band to perform on that stage. So May 29th, it's a Sunday night, House of Blues, downtown Disney, Anaheim. I do suggest you come. This is an amazing venue. I think I think I can speak for everybody, and we all absolutely love this venue. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think we're going to love it even more that it's moving over to a place that's a little more accessible. And did you mention, I don't know if you heard it, uh, if you said it or not, but is it is it free? Oh, yeah. It's what? totally oh, free. That's right. Totally that's crazy. For free 99. What, what a notion. No, no, no. It's actually free, EJ. It's not, free 99. Yeah, free 99 would mean 99 cents. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So, free. so it's free. So the show is free. Completely. Um, we have that's tickets. It's available. Uh, you can either message us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, message Facebook. us on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, you can send us a Falcon. We do accept Falcons. Email. If we'll you, fuck you them. Them. 
smoke signals also work. Yeah, just uh, just get in contact with us, and we can get you we can get you some tickets. Even if it has to be the day of, we will send somebody out to get you tickets. We want you to come to this show. This is uh, this By is Pony a chance express. Yeah, this is a chance for you guys to be. Uh, I mean, not even just for us too. You know, it's a chance for you guys to be part of history a little bit too. I, I mean, that that House of Blues has been open for 15 years. They opened in 2001. I think Lit actually is the first band that ever opened, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, ever closed down the House of or closed the first show. Oh, okay. the House of Blues at 2001. I, I, I don't know the, if you guys actually do that. Closers. I read an article the other day. I was I was very shocked. Um, wow. And so I, you know, obviously we're going to be the last band, but, so but from even lit e- to stupid Flanders. Even even sitting that all side, there's going to be some great ska bands there, guys. And it, like I said, it's a chance for you guys to be. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> How far things have fallen. <laughs> maybe that's why they're. Maybe that's maybe why they're that's moving. Why they're moving. <laughs> Oh, it's like what John Panel says. Like, great guys, Scott broke the House of Blues. <laughs> um, I also felt that that's a really cool moment as well because, um, like, third wave ska, like a bunch of the real bigger bands. You know, you have Safe Ferris and Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake. Less Than Jake's are mostly More, right. They're they're kind of ska pop punk, I would say. Yeah, a little bit. But like the 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 big the bigger bands kind of that are still touring right now kind of originate in the OC and it kind of. Was like where the well, third way ska, like regardless of where they originated, I feel like they had a real foothold as far as yeah. like fan base and stuff here. No, absolutely, and and for for ska to be such a big influence in the OC, for us to close down a show like that, I feel like is is such an honor and such an awesome thing to be able to experience. Right, that we were able to we're able to kind of keep our genre going in a way, you know, kind of yeah. be able to stand on the shoulders of giants as and, people like and, to say and, and and on top of that even setting us aside like i said there's going to be some other great bands there and, and it gives you guys a chance to be a part of uh you know part of history in a way you were at the last show at downtown disney's house of blues i mean that that for me is going to be probably my favorite moment i i mean, at least i'm anticipating that mm-hmm. to be like by far my favorite moment and so i hope that it becomes a new number one Favorite moment, yeah. <laughs> my number one favorite moment of my number one favorite moments. But right. and just think, and the, and you can and you can go there and experience this before it turns into like Lucille's or a Frozen show or something. Yeah. I don't I don't know what they're turning it into. <laughs> no, Frozen it, show. We're, we're still going to be playing that Frozen. All the Frozen, all yeah. the Frozen shows. Yeah, yes. we, we all got roles in that. So, <laughs> so uh, do we want to move on to a an actual topic that yeah. perhaps that we, uh, we I can think discuss and maybe people relate to? I, I think know. we've had enough of uh, talking about us. Yeah. I think we should. Uh, I think I'm, I'm a little. Pre- I'm, a, I'm a little pretend just out at the moment. Yeah, are you kidding? Yeah, it's like hopefully we didn't lose anybody in us <laughs> talking about ourselves. Uh, yeah, because we want this podcast not just to be about Stupid Flanders. It is about Stupid Flanders, but right. it's not It's not going to always be but about Stupid Flanders. there's so much that we can talk we can, about And we can ourselves. go through every show. We started in 2006. We, we've got 10 yeah. years of stuff we can work with, but yeah. we're not going to do that. I promise. I promise. Um, I know you guys kind of came with some things that you wanted to talk about. Uh, who kind of wants to go first? Well, uh, Jeremy, you, you were kind of br- briefly before the podcast, you were mentioning yeah. that you might have a topic that might have be, oh. might be interesting to talk about. What, okay. what did you have in mind? So um, if anybody can hear the background noise right now, there's other bands in our uh, next door. In our lockout? They're, yeah, in our lockout, they like to play pretty loud. But um, So do we. That uh, brings me to this, is like you start having trouble sleeping. Okay. You know, because of loudness or you just have too many things going on in your mind or you're stressed out, whatever. Um, One night, I was having one of those moments where I couldn't sleep. I was like, oh, fuck, why can't I go to sleep, blah, blah, blah. So I had the bright ideas like, oh, let's see if I can look up any, like, you know, 
calming music or something that I can play while I till I go to sleep. And then in my search, I found something called ASMR. It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. What? What? Is that, what, is that, what does that mean? Is, is that even English? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's higher English. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, but basically what it is is like a series of like soft sounds and um, like weird noises that it it's supposed to. Uh, it the the word that they use is triggers. There's trigger sounds, okay. and what it does. It's a, it's supposed to send like a like a um, like a tingling sensation that starts from like the top of your head, and it just kind of like moves its way through your body, and it's supposed to be like a calming and like relaxing effect. Like an actual tingling, or is it like something that's kind of subconscious and you don't know it's occurring? You no, know, you know it's occurring. Okay, okay, okay. Like um, like you know, have you ever uh, um, you you know, you get a haircut. And then, like, the dude takes a buzzer, like, near your ear, and you kind of get that, like, like yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> almost exactly what it is, where, like, certain sounds will trigger that, like, that kind of, like, cringe, tingly response. Weird. Yeah. Okay, so I, I kind of want to talk to you about this, because I know very little about this, more than, like, what I've seen on, like, fail videos and, like, people kind of posting, like... <laughs> people failing like, at ASMR. What? People failing? Okay, like, what? ASMR, like, most of it is, like, a lot of soft-talking, like... You like know, NPR, because into the microphone. NPR and like here's me tapping buzz, on buzz, the, buzz, is this, is like you're in fucking your NPR host or something. <laughs> does this count as can, 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 can we make an ASMR video like this? Kind of. Okay. Great white buffalo. Because um, yeah. the uh, <laughs> did you say great white buffalo? Hydra. Because <laughs> so because a lot of the videos I've seen, they're kind of weird. And I, no, I, it's definitely and, fucking and it, weird. I'm, I'm not trying to be negative to it because I <laughs> no, know yeah, a lot yeah. of people like them and a, and a lot of people like like really get into this stuff. But right. a lot of them for me are just like a bunch of Asian girls talking. And I just always assumed it was like a fetish. Well, okay. Sorts. Yeah, see, that's actually one of the things that like the these these the people in the AS, ASMR community like really like it's they're saying it's not meant to be like sexually arousing or anything. It just some people happen to find it sexually arousing i, I mean, mean. <laughs> so wait are you saying people can like what jacket <laughs> yeah i really I, mean, I, I really don't want to put that image in my head but sure <laughs> hey technically you can jack it to anything <laughs> so hey, we're, hey, we're so, yeah. around. so so um, i'm assuming you've watched a couple of these videos which ones yeah. are your favorites then like which ones have like well, like really like triggered you um i mean a lot of the soft talking like it's definitely like i'm get that tingly feeling and then um something else that they do is they'd like to take uh like paint brushes and like fucking all this stuff and like rub them against the fucking microphone and it gives this weird like you know you can hear the bristles and everything yeah yeah i mean it even goes so far as to like the people who do this these videos they have like specialized mics where like there's a microphone, but on both sides is where the, the pickups are. Uh -huh. But they're shaped like fucking ears. And that fucking creeped me out. <laughs> <laughs> no I was like, what you. the fuck is this, dude? And I mean, like, apparently, like, that's a thing. Like, all the, uh, all the bigger name ASMR artists, like, use that microphone. I guess it's a lot more sensitive to, like, pick up sounds and stuff. Okay. But yeah, like, they do stuff like tapping on fucking jars or whatever or, like, you know... Yeah, because the couple I've seen, like, not only will they talk, but they'll, like, be opening something. And, yeah. like, excessive use of, like, the cellophane and, like, the crackling yeah, yeah. is supposed to be really, like... 
I, for me, it, it, I don't get ASMR. I'm not, I, not that I'm. It doesn't trigger you at it all. It doesn't do really anything for me. Right. Because like, it just honestly, like when people are talking really soft, it just gives me like anxiety, which is the no, weirdest yeah. thing. But that like, is very true, right? Like it just like, ugh, I can't, or I like, like, or like when people are like, cracking the cellophane and they're like talking in a really low voice. Not only can I not hear what they're saying, but like it, like it just tenses me up. Like, uh, it, like, it almost no, does right. the yeah, opposite like, like, effect. It's kind of like nails on a chalkboard a little bit, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and, because another one of these videos that I saw on YouTube was actually, um, excuse me, it was actually a um, a YouTuber's reaction video to ASMR oh videos, my gosh. and like, I would say like ninety percent of them was like, oh yeah, I get this, and like, oh I feel tingly, and then three or four of them were like, hell no, like this is fucking hell to me, <laughs> <laughs> like this is fucking like the worst thing I can think of. So I mean, I guess it doesn't it doesn't trigger everybody, but there's definitely like. A good amount of people that it does trigger. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's really uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, there's also weird things like okay, like triggers. There's like you know brushes, tapping on stuff, uh, whispering. Oh, and mouth sounds. Apparently, you know where you hear that smacking. I'm yeah, or like people like that that mouth breathe a lot. Like that. Well, that I don't know. <laughs> no, like no, for real. Like uh, no, 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 no. That's hey, not what I mean. Like George. it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that nasally. Like you're kind of sick, and then you have to breathe out of your mouth, and you're just. <sighs> well, I just like it's super low, I, and it's like it's. Uh, uh, I, I personally have not seen or heard any ASMR videos that sound like that, but I mean, there could be, you know. <laughs> but another really weird. Um, facet to this thing is they also include role playing role playing what, what do you mean okay uh, like examples of role playing that they do doctors exams where they would like speak very low to you like okay now breathe in you know blah blah, blah you know fucking like a doctor's fucking exam and then another one's like putting on makeup you know with the brushes and stuff but the weirdest one that I came across was a kidnapping what Kidnapping ASMR. I imagine that triggers something in somebody. (laughs) Oh, my God. It might trigger some, like, I don't know, like, Silence of the Lambs thing in some people. But, I mean, (laughs) yeah. But, yeah, like, that was the weirdest one I came across was uh, fucking kidnapping role-playing ASMR where you were meant to be the victim. And then the person, the kidnapper, would come up to you and then it happens to be, like, a pretty decent-looking girl. And, like, she would speak really softly to you. It's like, oh, you know, like, I was going to kidnap you and stuff, but I'm really starting to like you. I'm like, okay, this is fucking weird. I think I've gone a little too far down the rabbit hole with this one. Now, now, from your experiences, are most of the people, like, in these videos fairly attractive? Is that something that, like, draws people to these videos? Um, Like, a good, I would say a good amount of them are fairly attractive. Like, yeah, I'd admit it. But, like... There's also apparently like guys who do it. I've I've only seen one guy do a video, but like I personally was like nope, clicked off that okay. right away. So like, for you, it's 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 not only it's the visual and the aesthetics of it. Yeah, but I mean like there's definitely a difference between hearing a female whisper to you than a male whispering to you. Because like if a male's whispering to you, I kind of feel like I'm gonna kill you. Or like a little, little more, you. little more threatening than when yeah, a girl yeah, says it. Yeah, you know, maybe like I don't know. That's, it might be just personal preference, but I personally did not like the dude huh. whispering into my ear because it felt like it was literally like one inch away from my ear, and I was like, nope, no, no, no. <laughs> 
I was going to say, you know, it's, what's interesting, it might be a little bit off topic, though, but something somewhat related to this, there was, like, I read an article on uh, I Fucking Love Science, like the page yeah. on Facebook, and they did a... Uh, Shout out to IFL Science. Yes. Uh, there, was a, there was, like, a study they did about uh, creating people, uh, the creating pe- like, creating the ability to hallucinate without having to take any drugs and stuff like that. Oh, shit. Yeah, really? like, it was actually a really interesting study, and I think it kind of relates to this in the sense that one of the exercises they did, so, like... They were saying that if you your brain is the human brain searches for patterns right like it, it just has to it's just like it's a like, thing so yeah, if you, yeah, yeah. If you like isolate it, a certain amount of your a certain amount of your senses or put like a very white noise type of sense right uh, like over your ears or or put like a piece of paper over your eyes it'll try to seek out a pattern correct it'll start it'll start creating things in the like if it's like a blank white piece of paper it'll start creating like visuals and stuff like that inside right. of it if it's like sound like if it's like just static in the background like a YouTube video is static you'll start hearing things that aren't even there which really? is kind of interesting um, so it's it's amazing what I think like I said I think it's somewhat related to this in a sense that it's amazing what like your brain is capable of doing uh, and what triggers it to do certain right, things right right you know, but yeah. That's see. That's another um, aspect of this whole ASMR thing. Like, there really is no like legitimate scientific tests or theories that are out there right now. It's all just like hypothesis, hypothesis. Yeah, right. You know, and like some of the earlier studies were saying it might have something to do with like it triggering a release of hormones like serotonin, dopamine, and stuff like that, and that's what leads to these uh, apparently like euphoric feelings when they listen to these ASMR videos. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, um, kind of related, but uh, I think I had like a, like a somewhat ASMR experience where I put on uh, like some headphones. Uh-huh. And um, I know you like, and I hear like this man with like a British action, like, you know, British accent talking to me. And it's like, it's like a, it's a role play actually. It's a role play of me being in a barbershop. And uh-huh. then putting on these headphones, and then all of a sudden you hear the buzzer like going from like one headphone to the other. And no, it yeah. feels like that's oh, an ASMR video. It was a uh, well, it was an audio experience, <clears throat> purely audio, no visual. Yeah, that's what ASMR. You're thinking is. it's the it's the great moments with Mr. Lincoln before they changed it at Disneyland is what you're talking about, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yes, no. it's not. No, it's not. I swear, I remember that great moments with Mr. Lincoln. When they shaved Lincoln's head? <laughs> no, no, they did this. They did this whole thing where you were like a soldier in like the Civil War, he and died, and they know. were like, and they would like shave your head, and there would like be a fly buzzing around. And Wait, like, that was a thing? I swear, maybe I'm going did crazy. You fucking, like, no, you're, you're, you're pretty like, crazy. Oh, man, I wish maybe. they shave my head. But it, like, it sounds so familiar. Like, it sounds like that was I've I've done that before. I don't know where I've done it though. Uh, where did you do it? So maybe I did it at home. Oh. Yeah, I I didn't do it at your house though. So 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 you're so telling I me snuck in through your back door. <laughs> so you're telling me that you just do things like that on your own by yourself sometimes, you know? Yeah, That's yeah. I mean, like you know, like it just like came across like you know like a Tumblr or Facebook feed. Like, I try it out, put on some headphones, like. No, yeah, I mean, from the sound of it, that was yeah, definitely an it, ASMR it sounds like uh, a tape that's yeah. somewhat related to what he's talking about. Yeah, because yeah, cool. I mean, ASMR, it's there's audio. And there's video, but the main thing is the audio. But yeah. I, um, like I was watching some of the YouTube videos, and like there were definitely like there were some people who were saying like yeah, they definitely feel more of the trigger when they see the brushes, like yeah. you know what I mean. But I mean, I guess it's all personal preference yeah. at that point. For me, I can get triggered just uh, by audio alone, so it's fine. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I mean, there's even like a couple of podcasts out there that do ASMR videos. So Interesting. I mean, if you're interested in any of this stuff, just 
go on to podcast, search ASMR, and you'll find plenty of shit on there. And maybe uh, maybe we'll throw some uh, <laughs> ASMR videos up on the Facebook or of us. Twitter. Of I don't us. think nobody. <laughs> I, I was nobody say, wants to have we us got whispering. You're in going to the House of Blues show. <laughs> You're in the parking lot. Yeah, and then that's when fucking like, FBI comes knocking at the door. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Flush the evidence. <laughs> well, that's really cool. I've I've I I knew very little about ASMR, so I I'm, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's a really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, when we were trying to figure out what to do for this first podcast, we were like, you know, just come up with like any topic that sounds interesting, and it just so happens like a couple weeks ago, I ran into this stuff, and I was like. This is really interesting. Like, it's weird, and, like, it's also, like, enjoyable, and then some people love it, some people hate it. I mean, you know, if you fucking feel the need to investigate on your own, feel free. Absolutely. Here's a, here's a thought about this topic in particular. So you, I think you mentioned, uh, like, a few minutes ago that some people aren't triggered by these types of sounds. And right. Stuff like that, you know, uh, there's only certain people that are triggered. Would you say perhaps it, maybe it's possible that... Uh, I'm sorry, am I boring you? No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> well, Will just like yawned that. really, really, really fucking... It's been a long <laughs> damn since. Yeah. Anyways, um, would you say it's possible that maybe these people that supposedly aren't triggered by these things are actually always triggered by these things? That's why these things... Uh, those Possibly, like, they're oversensitive to it? Maybe, like, so that, like, it's it's so... N- they're so accustomed to it that anything like this is just normal. It doesn't... It doesn't phase them, you know? It's like... Right. It, it would have to be something extraordinary... You know, to, to like a that. nuclear blast, <laughs> pretty much, maybe that or something like that. It's like, oh, I'm so annoyed by this nuclear blast. <laughs> nuclear blast! Oh, the tingles! Oh, oh the tingles! <laughs> oh, I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I that that was just a thought. I was kind of yeah, processing because yeah. yeah, I'm, I mean, as a I, as a musician, I, I think maybe some musicians maybe have that right. particular, you know, um, what invulnerability to it. I guess, you, as you, I guess you could say superpower. <laughs> maybe you never know. I mean, we I mean, just drown it out at a certain it's really, point. Because yeah. isn't it really more about like? I mean, is it's about the vibrations? Is really what it is? It's not right. so much the sound, but the vibrations in your ear. And you know, as musicians, obviously, you know, many musicians have a, a thing like a knack for hearing sound, and uh, not just a not for just playing it, but hearing it and how it's supposed to sound and stuff like that. So, right, maybe this euphoric yeah. feeling is just carried out constantly for them because that's what they're trained their 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 natural talent or abilities right. to do is just just hear that. So but you're not saying it's an oversensitivity to it is it? It's more of like it's more of a, a predisposition maybe like it's already kind of uh what am I thinking what's the word I'm thinking of it's it's, it's like, like part of your brain chemistry. Kinda, yeah, it's, it's like a part of you already, you know, whereas maybe some other people and I'm not saying they're not musically gifted or anything like that, but they're just <laughs> right. not they're just they're right. So what you're saying is you either like ASMR or you can play music. Is is the two is the maybe. difference? No, well maybe. I'm saying I'm not saying that's. Uh, is, it's obviously just a theory because you know, or uh, just a hypothesis. But right. maybe somehow this may be connected to what the reason why people are the way they are with music or, or musicians yeah. are the way they are with music. You know? I mean, like I said, there's no real hard Wrong, scientific yeah, right? ens- evidence. So fuck, who knows? You might have fucking hit something right there. We just went really deep with that thought. That's crazy, right? Dude, imagine fucking if Daredevil was like listening to ASMR videos. Oh my god, he'd like kill himself, right? Daredevil's like, oh god, what the fuck? And then he just jizzes his fucking red suit. Isn't that kind of like what he does? I mean, at least... uh, (laughs) 
God forbid yeah, he, any. He jizzled. No, no, that's not, the music that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. What I meant, like, you know, God forbid anybody watch it, but the, the Ben Affleck version of Daredevil, uh, like, when he goes to sleep, he sleeps in, like, a, a coffin with water in it, right? Yeah, right, it's right, a right, hyperbolic yeah, yeah. So it, it, he, he has to, like, he has to deprive himself of those sensory. So maybe he's just so over. He, that Maybe that's what the, the sensitivity is. It's an Possibly, over, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, exposure to. To those ASMR sounds because he hears so many of it. Right. Uh, but the beauty of him, his ability, obviously, is because he can basically pick out what he wants to hear out of that. Essentially. Yeah. You oh. know, and maybe, maybe, <laughs> who knows? Maybe Daredevil was actually the greatest musician of all time because he has that ability. I don't know. If he was real. <laughs> if he was real and could play an instrument, but he can't see the guitar, so I guess well, he's going like Stevie Wonder. I mean, Wonder. we have real life Daredevil. His name is Stevie Wonder. I, but I just he doesn't. Does Stevie Wonder fight crime? You never know. You, I was gonna say, you never a, know. He is a political activist. One so of these days, close. you're going to be in the Uh-oh. alley getting mugged, and then in comes fucking Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Not even dressed in a costume. It's yeah. just Stevie it's Wonder. It's just Stevie it's Wonder. And you, and you just hear like back, you just hear superstitious playing in the background as he sails Very in. Very superstitious. <laughs> Your blood is on the wall. <laughs> moving along. Moving along. Moving along. Uh, Great series, though. Check it out. Is there anything else anyone wanted to talk about? Um, I mean, we could talk about, I know this is kind of <laughs> totally off base from what we were, uh, you know, at a second ago, but we can, I mean, I know uh, I, one of the topics I want to talk about was like, you know, influences that have kind of brought me where oh, I am yeah, today yeah, as a yeah, musician. Yeah. I know. I mean, um, that would make sense. You know, that'd, be, that'd be a nice tie back into everything and we can kind of end the podcast on that. Yeah. That'd be yeah, really good. We can kind of do that. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, why don't we kind of start off with EJ and we'll just kind of circle around. Okay. So, so EJ... Why don't you tell us a little bit of what has influenced you as a musician over the years, or maybe keep it to maybe just like top three type items. You know, that w- I, I know you could talk for days about music. I totally can appreciate that. Let's make it clear, uh, concise, clear, to concise. The you know, that way we're not kind of dragging on a little bit. And not to mention, um, you know, it, it lets the fan. We know what your influences are, but we, the fans maybe don't know a little bit about you, and it kind of gives them an opportunity to get to know the inner EJ. Okay, um, so I didn't really take music seriously until college. But uh, excuse me. But um, I got I was one of the uh, one of the biggest influences in me as a musician is jazz music, and I wasn't introduced to. Uh, I had no idea that jazz music existed until I was in high school when I was uh, dragged into the jazz band just for a fuck's sake of it. And then um, the magical <laughs> jazz just appeared out of nowhere. Just opens a wild a, jazz appeared. <laughs> just opens the door Catch like with my saxophone. Jazz? Like, oh shit! <laughs> well, can, okay, oh. so jazz jazz is a very Broad genre, obviously. Yeah. Is there? I meant more along the lines of a couple musicians oh, or bands, okay. you know, that have maybe influenced right. your your skills over so, the years. Um, one of, so this is definitely not a jazz band, but um, one of the first groups that influenced me as a player was Tower of Power, in terms of their groove, their style, um, their feel, and uh, uh, two particular saxophone players in that group, uh, Lenny Pickett and uh, Tom Pulitzer. Those guys can like blow for lack of a better term um and they're they're really great um saxophone players great musicians and then uh over the years i was exposed to you know different kinds of saxophone players <laughs> such as um <laughs> uh oh my goodness um chris potter is uh the first person that comes to mind chris potter sonny Rollins, sonny stitt uh zoot sims who have whom i share a birthday with and then um so you're kind of going over the whole <laughs> Top three. <laughs> let's let's start at the beginning. So, so let's let's start from the very beginning. Let's count to three. <laughs> All right. So Tower Power is one group. Um, God Lord, and then L.A. Phil is another one. Well, God Lord are the the other two. So let's move on to the next God one. Lord. <laughs> okay. 
Love their hymns. I'd like to thank Jesus. L.A. Phil and Stevie Wonder. There we go. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah, so three completely separate uh, kinds of music. Mm-hmm. Um, I've That's always a hard question for me. People always ask, well, what are my influences? And for for me, it's always been like, this music sounds good. I listen to this music. Um, bands and people that I've I probably constantly listen to like over the years, and this is going to make me sound so old, I love Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown is a folk artist. No, I, I love Jackson Brown. I know, but it's but nobody like you talk to people our age and they're like Jackson who? Is he part of the Jackson Brown? I'm older 5? than both of you and I don't know who that is. Really? Yeah, exactly. Jackson Brown he's he's uh he's kind of poppy a little bit of rock and stuff well, like that. I would say he's like folk rock. What like era was he from? The 80s, no? Late 70s early 80s somewhere in that area. He's a very okay. very still, uh, like, very string guitar, not not a whole lot. He does a lot more of acoustic stuff. Just in case right. uh, the fans out there don't know who Jackson Brown is, uh, if you have a moment, uh, well, you should look up on YouTube uh, "Doctor My Eyes." That's probably one of his most famous songs. Uh, he's very very good. <clears throat> yeah, he's a he's a fantastic artist. And he, he's written some really good good music. Um, as I've as I've gotten more into the ska scene, I definitely have to say I've loved uh, Less Than Jake. Less Than Jake has been it just like. I didn't know anything about them, and then I just got a CD from them one day, and they kind of blew me away with their sound. And I really, really like their. I really like their sound. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. Lesson, Jake. If you want to play with us, please, please, hurry, hurry. Okay. Uh, and then, <laughs> Moving on. and then, uh, <laughs> probably my third and final band has got to be. Uh oh, I don't even know. Let's just say I got two. Oh, a Big D and the Kids Table I really like. They're, they have that song called Not Fucking Around. Uh, that's my jam. I li- I personally like the the other one, Noise Complaint. That one's a good one, too. <laughs> noise yeah. Complaint's fucking awesome. All right. Um, Zach, what do you uh, – oh, I sure. know you, you I'll, asked I'll the go, question. I'll go next. I know the problem. Um, I mean, much like all of you, I'm sure we have tons of influences. I mean, mo- most of my music is bred from the 90s alternative era, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously like Nirvana, uh, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers and what have you. But uh, – <laughs> Um, I would say, I mean, over the favorite bands that I really try to emulate the most, um, you know, I know I, I get a lot of shit from everybody about it, but I do, oh God. And, and I am, Here you're going gonna to hate me. Here okay. it comes. Prepare listen, yourselves, guys. Listen, I'm not that kind of douchebag that listens to Dave Matthews' band, but and I, there it is. <laughs> I, hey, listen, man, Dave Matthews, he is, he is a good, honest, uh, good artist, right. he's very original, it's not about the, it's, here's the thing, the people that, I'm going to defend him here. I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a little <laughs> tangent here. I'm going to defend him because... This isn't the first time he's defended Dave Matthews. I mean, it's, I shouldn't have to because uh, music is subjective. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's all just so, your own opinion. But if we're if we're being honest, I know that a lot of people don't like him, and it's mostly not because of his music. Uh, it's usually because, obviously, his voice is somewhat an acquired taste, of course. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, and then the, I would say the fans are usually kind of douchey at the shows, if we're being quite honest and stuff like that. But... The, the the band as a whole usually comes together very well. They're very good at improv on the on stage. I mean, they're classic and they've been touring. They're the, the largest touring right. band of all time. So I mean, they're a great band. And like I said, everything they come up with is very original and very different all the time. And that's why I appreciate them. Um, okay. You know, so I would say that's probably number one. Um, I do. Maybe you guys don't know, or maybe you do know who he is. But um, it's a he's a British singer. His name is Damien Rice. He's very folk rocky and stuff like that. If you listen to any of his stuff from uh, from the album called Nine or O, uh, those are his two albums. Or the newest one uh, called My Favorite Faded Fan. My Favorite Faded Fantasy. Um, the man is a genius. Um, 
he uh, often partners with uh, a, w- a woman singer who I, for the life of me, cannot remember her name, and I apologize if, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, but uh, Damien Rice, he's a very amazing artist. He's completely original. He's very orchestral in his ways, and I love that about him. And then I'd probably say, um, back from my pop punk days, uh, growing up in high school and stuff like that, uh, I've always been a huge fan of uh, Andrew McMahon. Uh, if you guys know who he is, he is the uh, lead singer of Something Corporate, or was lead singer of Something Corporate, and then he also had his other band called uh, Jack's Mannequin. Now he's in the uh, uh, his little solo project called Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. He's a very, very strong piano pop player. Right. Uh, he His origins are straight from punk rock. If you've ever listened to Something Corporate, it's like it's it's like you know kind of a somewhat of a pioneer of punk rock he was he was you know straight really? out of high school into that band um him and uh bobby raw anderson i believe is what his name is uh you know he was the guitarist for both of those bands right there right. um fantastic artists and stuff like that yeah it's a little pop punky which is not maybe not everybody's taste and stuff like that but the the lyrics and music are fantastic if you do like piano rock cool wow um, I'm also going to step in here because I, I totally forgot about this, and I'm a 15-year-old girl for doing this, but I really right. like Panic at the Disco. I Do you re- really? I really like Panic at the Disco. So so not I only explain. First whoa, of all, whoa, you need, you're, you're going to need to explain. Yeah, we're going to have so, to hear so the So Brandon Yuri is kind of the main, he's the main guy in the band. Like There are other members, but they've all kind of fallen off as of late. He's kind of the really the big man that's still kind of left. Okay. They, they've, they've, they've done a lot of like, they're not just that, that poppy weird kind of like you look at their music videos from the early two thousands and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Right. Like their, their new stuff actually has some like depth and like perception to it. He has a song called this is gospel and I'll, um, I'll put it up on the, I'll put it up on the Flanders page and the website and stuff, but it's a really good song. It, it starts with like this heartbeat. It's all do, 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 do. And then it just, it just, it harmonizes really well, and he's just some really good stuff. And come on, no, you cannot say that you don't like I write sins, not tragedies. Come on, you cannot say that's the I chime in with the haven't you people ever heard of? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I got to not. That's Panic at the Disco. I, I got, Let's keep it that way. Oh Panic. My God. At the disco, I got to be honest. I mean, when that fir- the song first came out, I wasn't a huge fan of it. To be honest with you, I just I felt I'm, I have a very strong mixed opinion about mainstream music and it, like at, and especially at that time I was very against it but as the years have gone by I've learned to appreciate some of that music exactly um, that's my big thing more. that's my big thing about music is like you give it like when it's when it's on the top 40 and it's all over the place you're like oh this song's terrible but the, the real good songs the songs that stand the test of time are the ones that are going to be played 5, 6, 10, 20, 30 years off. And I feel like Panic's going to be one of those bands that's really going to be remembered in like that alternative like pop punk. Really? In like mid-2000s. Absolutely. Well, they, they were, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would agree with them in the sense that they were, I mean, some, they somewhat you, pioneered, uh, I mean, not, not pioneered, I mean, that's not the right word, but they were they were there when the pop punk scene was becoming really popular, at least in the, er, the right. early 2000s. I mean, okay, put it this and way. I can't see... Like years from now, I can't see a station like K Earth One Hundred One playing fucking Panic at the okay, Disco. Okay, you, you have a good point. You're there. gonna, that, that, you gotta, we're, we gotta work with the times though at a certain point because what is oldies now was hip in like the '70s, well, and now you're gonna look thirty. We look thirties in the future. Everything that we were listening to, all the alternative stuff, is gonna be like considered like classic alternative rock, and that's kind of where. Well, and and I, I think yeah. I think you look at, you look at bands. You have to look at bands kind of in the future, what they're going to become. And let's think about mid-2005. Let's think about where we all were in that moment. Like, you know, like I was a sophomore in high school. Like, can you think of any other band from that era that you would like consistently listen to? 
Yes, actually, there is a band that I would listen to. Uh, Not Dave Matthews. Shut up. I actually didn't get into Dave af- until after high school. But uh, there's a band called Motion City Soundtrack who uh, who is actually – they're actually breaking up right now. They actually just played a show at the House of Blues. Right, I saw that, yeah. Playing out. Uh, but they – I mean, that, that's one of those bands that kind of st- stand <coughs> stood the test of time, especially in p- the pop punk genre and what have you. And right. It, you know, and, and in Will's defense, I would say, yeah, maybe not on K-Earth 101, but maybe on Jack FM 93.1. Right, right. I can right. see Panic at the, at the Disco making a comeback through those. I'm – I don't know. This might just be a generational gap or something, dude. Because you're old. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> fucking old. Because you said in 2005 you were a sophomore, well, a sophomore in high, in high school. school. Yeah. In 2005, I graduated from college. <laughs> you went to college? Yeah. <laughs> Mom went to college. <laughs> Good one. 2005. No, but yeah, uh, was like, grade. like, oh, like, in, like a lot of the bands and artists that you guys just mentioned. Like, I mean, I might have heard of them. But generally, no. <laughs> and I think that's one of the great things about this band is we have we all have really different influences right, that right. we bring that, that brings a very different sound from each one of us. You know. Well, Jer- Jeremy, and, uh, yeah. let's talk, tell me a little bit about your because yeah, yeah, so, obviously you're very hip hop based. It sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so, like getting into what Will was saying about like how our of Stupid Planters sound is like a, like un- I would say unique. Mm-hmm. It's it's a cavalcade of different genres. Right. Right. It's it's like a mishmash of. It's like a melting pot. Yeah. Because mishmash sounds negative. <laughs> it does. M- melting pot's better. Right, right. Melting the collaboration, pot. I think, is even better than that. <laughs> then you throw in the word gentrification, and then it gets whoa, all whoa, fucking whoa, whoa, weird. Whoa. <laughs> Do we have a Whole Foods in here now? Is what's happening? <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I mean, my influences, like, growing up was, was hip-hop, number one. Like, that's the first music that I remember listening to and loving, hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And, like, Oh fuck! I might as well do my fucking yeah. That's what I was saying. What, top three. Well, okay. Yeah. So um, you know, by far my number one favorite group is fucking Wu Tang Clan. Like, it's it's just one of those bands that to me like was just the epitome of what hip hop should sound like. It's just got that that rugged production. Their rhymes are on point. It's all about rap, like battle raps and stuff like that. And like, it was just like eye opening. Like. I could list. I still listen to their first album and um, Enter the Wu Tang. I still listen to that shit every day. It's just one of those things that's just always playing. And um, yeah, exactly. And like, like I said, like that's one of those groups that like across genres, people were like, "Yeah, they're dope. I like them." Mm-hmm. You know. And um, let's see, one of my other favorite bands, I would have to say. Rage Against the Machine. You know, that's... Mm, I'm, a, I'm very... Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's good. It's good. like, do I revise my top three? Yeah. Um, change my answer. My whole world is, <laughs> it's my whole all world rage is shattered against. right now. Oh, God. <laughs> is it too late to go back? I no, changed my <laughs> answer. It's all Rage Against the Machine's top five. <laughs> all three albums or whatever. Eight, but, uh, yeah. Well, that's more than five. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, Rage Against the Machine, to me, like, when I discovered them, I was, I think it was... Maybe a sophomore in high school at the time, so it was what ninety eight is when I first started listening to them. Okay. Yeah, ninety eight. You kids, you fucking whippersnappers. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's like one of those bands that like um, that turned me on to this uh, this world of like you know social protest and like you know standing up for like you know what you believe in, and like that just really like you know I really got into that like that attracted me and um like 
in fact, in 2000, me and a couple friends went to go see them perform for free at uh, the Democratic National Convention in downtown L.A., right in front of the Staples Center. And then, you know, this was like, I've been to mosh pits before up until that point, but I have never seen anything like this. It was just like, it was a washing machine of just fucking fists and kicks. And like, they weren't doing it out of fucking like hate or anything. It's just that was their, their, their anger and their angst, you know, coming out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, Rage's music is like totally just playing. It's like very, you know, what's the word? Conducive. Yeah. Yeah, to that to that kind of uh, expression. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then fucking next thing you know, somebody's lighting shit on fire in the middle of the fucking concert, and like, shit's getting thrown around. And here comes the riot police. And so what you're saying is the Lakers won like a world championship, is what happened. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I mean, no, but I mean, you know, that was like a like a huge thing for me at the time. Like I've only seen that kind of shit in like TV and like movies and stuff. And like to actually be in that kind of a a situation, it was very eye-opening. Like there's a lot of like innocent people that were just like kind of like trying to stay out of the out of the trouble or whatever. But I mean, I understand from the police's point of view is like we have to get these people out of here, but they were like, you know, they were shooting rubber bullets at people, fucking tear gas canisters were getting tossed everywhere. It was just a fucking surreal uh, experience. And like to me, the soundtrack for that is always going to be Rage Against the Machine. And like, I just can't thank him enough for that. Um, yeah. And then number three. Fuck that! There, I really have no solid answer. The only thing that's popping into my mind is fucking yeah, yeah, yeahs. The great bands. Yeah, I mean that's one of those bands like um, that I knew I discovered like on my own. Like I heard them somewhere, and then like oh, I like them, and then I fucking got into them. Mm -hmm. You know how like a lot of times you know a friend will have a CD and like here, listen to this, or like you see, you know. Yeah, that kind yeah, of absolutely, yeah, yeah. This is like one of those bands that was like, oh, I found them on my own. I'm kind of proud of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird to say, but I don't give a fuck. That's <laughs> my fucking Didn't preference. they do that? They did the song Maps, right? That's yeah. one of yeah, their big yeah. songs? Yeah. I remember that from Rock Band 2. Yeah, yeah. see? It, and see, the thing about Rock Band 2, because I used to play drums in uh, a band before I was in Stupid Flanders, but um, me and uh, um, their old drummer, Matt Cruz, we would play uh, Rock Band, the drums, and I was like, I've never played this before. Let me put it on fucking beginner setting. And I, it was just like, nope, I don't know how to do this. And then Matt goes, here, let me fix this for you. And he puts it on expert. And I was like, oh, like regular drums. <laughs> so, yeah, it was weird that way. I don't know why I went nice. off on that tangent. But, yeah. I kind of want to revise one of my answers that I gave out earlier. Um, I want to sub out L.A. Phil for Snarky Puppy. Okay. Because oh, um, I do remember you mentioning them. Yeah, Snarky Puppy is like this – this generation, it's music from this generation, and um, what I really like about them is that they def- they um, they go beyond genres, beyond labeling. When you, when you turn on their music, it's really hard to pinpoint what kind of style they're playing because, like, I guess you can say they're one, they're either all over the map or they're creating an absolutely new sound, and that has influenced me not only as a player but as a writer too. 
That's great. That's cool, man. That's well, supervision. Um, guys, so just to kind of wrap up this podcast a little bit, uh, to tell you, uh, tell the fans a little bit about what's coming down the pipeline with Stupid Flanders. Um, yeah, obviously we have that show on May 29th at the House of Blues. Definitely go to that. Absolutely. And, uh, we have, like I said, once again, we have tickets. They are free. So direct message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or any other social you have media the, uh, website. The account names for those? In case yeah, it's, uh, uh, for in Twitter, case nobody it's knows how to use Google. <laughs> For Twitter, it's at Stupid Flanders. Uh, for uh, Instagram, Stupid Flanders One. Correct. And then Facebook, obviously, if you just search Stupid Flanders, I'm pretty sure we're going to be the top feed. At least I hope so. One. I really hope so. We've been around for but a long the time. Facebook URL right. would be Facebook.com/stupidflandersband. Yes, that's uh, exactly right. Like I said, direct message us, guys, if you want free tickets. Um, to the show, like it's going to be great. Even just setting us aside and stuff like that, you should come out to the show and be part of history with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, down the pipeline, we uh, we have discussed with the band uh, of possibly coming out with a uh, another album, uh, hopefully soon. We're working on the working on some new songs, uh, so that way we can get you guys listening to some new stuff, getting you guys rocking out with your socks off mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Absolutely. I believe the term is rock out with your cock out. I believe it, that's, that's the uh, scientific just, term of just it. Just in case there were kids at home listening to this podcast, even though we'd be cursed at least. What the fuck least. are you doing listening to this fucking podcast? Didn't you see that fucking red E that stands for explicit? Yeah, now go, go burn go your bed. house down. Go to bed. <laughs> the devil made me do it. Ooh. All right, guys. So uh, I think that's all the time we have for today. I think next week or this weekend, uh, X-Men Apocalypse comes out, right? Yeah, but I'm not really that excited I'm, about it. I'm kind it. of excited to see it. I'm and, kind of excited about that too. And uh, I want to throw it out to you guys. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I want you. Uh, we'll throw up a we'll throw up a post on Facebook. Uh, name your favorite X Men and like and comment on that. And uh, you know what? let's just say favorite Marvel character. Sure, favorite Marvel character. Okay, can we all agree that we're more Marvel fans than DC fans? Absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. You we're know, I, I gotta, right I'm gonna here. be that guy. I'm kind of balanced between the two really? of them. Okay. Honestly, I honestly, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't have that bias between well, the two of them. I like both. I of mean, them. I always found DC to be like their characters were just very plain and like. Yeah. With the exception of the Joker. Sure, but oh no, yeah, fuck. And, and, no, no, see Batman. His whole fucking universe, that's the exception for DC. I love Batman. Yeah. Well, yeah. B- before we go, obviously, into that, we can talk about that, obviously, in the, on the next podcast. Right, right, right. Uh, so, hey, guys, uh, we wanted to like thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate all Thanks, the uh, the hard work, thank the fans, you. and the time that the, you guys take to come out to our shows. Uh, next week, well, we will probably be discussing uh, maybe uh, X-Men Apocalypse on our next, next podcast. And uh, we wanted to thank you guys for listening to us out here on Talking Stupid. Stay stupid, my friends. This has been a Stupid Fanders production.